41-day journey. The 41-day journey. I am basing my thoughts today on when Jesus was baptized in water, and the next day, after he was baptized in water, he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. A 41-day journey. And I, <laughs> I've read this passage so many times, right? Uh, but but there's, there is some stuff in here that I think is going to bless you tremendously as we kind of take this journey with Jesus and see what we can learn through what Christ experienced at this time. And so I'm anxious to share this with you here today. So um, I will also say that I'm going to make five statements to, in this message. Uh, and you may want to take pictures of the screen when I flash them up there. Uh, those of you watching online may want to screenshot it or maybe just want to write them down. But uh, there's some powerful truth that I want to share with you that I'm excited to share. So, having said that, boy, this better be good now, right? After saying all that, I just thought, I just, wow, I just set the bar kind of high for, for myself. So, with that being said, if you're able to, can you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word? And we're going to check this out together. Luke chapter 3, beginning in verse 21, and we're going to go to verse 22, and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 4 after that. First, let's start with Jesus' baptism. Are you ready? It says, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And now let's jump to Luke chapter 4. It's really not much of a jump, actually. And here's what it says. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I just came up with a new statement, but I can't add to this message because 4 o'clock. Verse 2. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him an instant, in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and their splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone that I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, 
he left him until an opportune time. Let's take a 41-day journey. Lord, would you speak to us, please, through your word? Please speak to us. And I pray for life change. I, I don't pray just for a sermon to be preached. I just pray for life change. God, only you can do that. So, Lord, we pray, no matter who we are and where we are in our walk with you, Lord God, touch us, draw us, change us. And I will thank you for all that's done. And it's in your name that we ask all of this. And we all said amen and amen. You may be seated. The 41-day journey. <laughs> what we just read was the official beginning of Jesus' ministry. This, uh, the, these two stories. His baptism, and his being led to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Uh, in fact, we hear very little between baby Jesus, toddler Jesus, and Jesus that we just read about, except for one account where he was 12 years old, and his parents uh, left him at the temple, and they had to go back and find him. So by the way, for those of you who think you're a bad parent, <laughs> anyway, uh, all they did was leave the Messiah behind. And so we come now to this point, this moment with Jesus. And as we look at these 41 days, I think we can see some statements that we're able to make from Jesus' own experience. And I want to make these statements to you. Did I mention this is a loaded sermon today? Oh, there's so much here. Okay, so let, let's go to step one of this 41-day journey. You ready? And I will call this his time of what I would call affirmation, when he was affirmed by his father. This is the time that he was baptized in water. Now, some of you are saying, oh, pastor, big words, stop. Don't, don't, hang with me, okay? Hang with me, because this is huge. Again, look again at verses 31, I'm, I'm sorry, 21 and 22 of chapter 3. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too, and as he was praying, heaven was open. How many of you know that's a pretty good service when that happens, right? Right? And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. Listen to what he says. Read what he says. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. You are my son. I love you. I am pleased with you. Pastor, why is that such a big deal? I think that, in fact, maybe I've even heard this preached before by other people, that the reason why God said this was because Jesus got baptized. And I will submit to you the first statement that I think we all need to hear, and that's this. God loved Jesus because of their relationship not because of what Jesus did. Mm. 
You're looking at a doer. You're looking at a person that likes to do things. That's my love language. I love to do things for people. Sometimes I'm good at putting on the red cape and trying to save the world. And in fact, I'll be be a little uh, transparent with you. All of my life, I have been put into a situation since I was a boy that I had to do things in order to be accepted. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And if we're not careful, we will assume that God's love for us is based on how we perform. Or we will assume that God loves me more if I do more stuff for him. Man, God must really love her. Why why do you say that? Because she does this, she does this, she does this, she does. Oh, and God really must love him because he does this and he does this. And look at all the stuff he does. God must. Now, God appreciates what we do, but that's not the foundation of his love for you. God's love for his son was based out of his relationship, not because he got baptized. God's love for you is based out of the fact that you are his son. And you are his daughter. And no matter how impressive your resume might look, and no matter how busy you are doing religious stuff and churchy stuff and spiritual stuff, no matter, and again, all your stuff is good, but that's not the basis of God's love for you. God loves you because you are his child. It doesn't matter how much you do, he still loves you. His love for us is based out of relationship because you are his child period why is this important why is this important because if we don't perform well we 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 think we're going to get benched by god how many former athletes and or current athletes in here okay sure about the same amount of people that uh got the qr code all right oh well how many are under 25 again? Let me say, okay, more hands. Okay, there, yeah, see. Oh, Father. And, uh, and, and if you're playing basketball, okay, and every shot you take, you're just throwing bricks, okay? Or you're turning the ball over all the time. What's going to happen? Okay, eventually, <laughs> unless your father's a booster, eventually, <laughs> you're... <laughs> you're going to get benched, okay? You're going to get taken out of play. Well, that's not how God does it. 
Pastor, I've tried to do this and I haven't been very good. Pastor, uh, I've tried to do this and and man, I've failed. God, I've tried to do this for you and oh man, I keep on messing up. God, I've not been the most faithful person. Sometimes I'm not getting it right. You must not love me anymore. And this is the thing. God's love for you is the most consistent thing you will ever experience. No matter how bad you are, no matter how busy you are, God loves you the same. And so he would look down at you and he, he, would, he would say this, you, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In you, I'm well pleased. Whether you're wet from the rivers of the Jordan or not. Can you say amen? amen. And then that leads us to the second stage of this 41-day journey. There's this time of affirmation in the River Jordan, but then there is this time of temptation in the wilderness. I'm going to camp out here for a little bit. This is quite a story. Let's start in verse 1 again. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the, t- at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And the devil led him up to a high place and showed him And in an instant, all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, I will give you all their authority and their splendor. It's been given to me, which was a lie, and and I can give it to anyone I want to, which was a lie. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, He said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So we have three occasions where Jesus was tempted. All three occasions, he overcame temptation. I'm going to get to the reason why he was tempted later in the message. But do you remember the first couple of verses? Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, led by that Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And Jesus was there for 40 days, and he ate nothing. Statement number two. The enemy will try to take advantage of your weakest moments to derail your life. Think of it. Think of it. Did the devil try to tempt Jesus while he was in the waters being baptized? No. Did Jesus get tempted when he was surrounded by people that loved him? No, he didn't even have his disciples yet. Jesus was alone in the wilderness, 
40 days, no food. Folks, for some of you, it's been 40 minutes with no food, and you're getting the shakes. For one meal, you're getting hangry. Two meals, you're dying. 40 days. I want you to consider 40 days with no food. What that will do to you physically. What that will do to you emotionally. What that will do to you mentally. And it was at that moment huh, that the enemy came. The enemy pounced to try to derail the life and the ministry of Jesus. Do you think that that was an accident? No. You see, here's the deal, folks. The enemy is a fool for taking on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But he's very crafty, and he knows when and how to attack us. And here's the thing, that's going to vary from person to person in this room. Your weak moment, your weak time may look totally different than my weak time. And what you're prone to being tempted with probably looks different or may look different than what I am tempted with. And the enemy will try to up his game to try to use these weak moments in our lives to try to derail us spiritually. Weak moments. What are some of these weak moments? I'll go there. Okay. Maybe you just had a fight with your wife. And then you're on your way to the gas station. And look at that cute little clerk giving you all kinds of attention. Weak moment. Some of you are pointing and saying, that's how I met you. Um, <laughs> don't want to hear anymore. Maybe you're really angry at somebody because maybe you've been treated badly. You're hurt. That is a prime moment for you to be derailed by the enemy of your soul. He will use that moment to capitalize on your anger, your hurt, your pain, your situation, your weakness, to try to derail you. I'm not a demon under every rock kind of guy, okay? So if you sneeze, okay, I'm not going to cast out the devil of hay fever, okay? Okay, I'm going to give you a Sudafed and say, praying for you, okay? So we're not going to have an exorcism over every little problem that comes up. But, but, I also know that the devil is very active. And he knows how to attack us. And he knows when. Folks, this is the son of God. God, do you think you are, are totally immune to this kind of thing happening to you? And I think we need to become wise to our weak spots. And we have to be wise to our weak moments. If somebody's offended you, 
all right, be ready, that's when the enemy will pounce. If you've been hurt by somebody, okay, that's when the enemy will pounce. If work is not going well, if home is not going well, if life itself is not going well, the enemy will try to pounce on that. Nobody wakes up one day and says, you know what, today would be a great day to derail my life. I think today I'm going to mess up my marriage. I think today I'm just going to blow it spiritually for the world to see. Nobody says that. It, it, it's progressive. It happens. Slowly. Like the frog in the kettle. And we're, re- and we're brought to a, a boiling point and the enemy knows exactly what our weaknesses are. Do you need to become wise to your weaknesses? I ain't got no weaknesses. Yeah, you do. Pride. We all have them. The mature Christian will admit them and be aware of them. Statement number three from the same story. Oh. You ready? The enemy will always question what the Lord has said to you and done in you. You want to see how he did it to Jesus? He did. Okay, I'm going to take you back to Luke 3, 22, that audible voice from heaven, which was God. And God said this at the very end of that verse. You see it? You are my son, whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. You are my son. Say those five words. You are my son. Those are four words. Tricked you. You are my son. I do math. You are my son. Now look in chapter 4, verse 3, at this temptation. The devil said, if you're the son of God, Tell the stone to become bread. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 41 days ago, there's my spot. 41 days ago, God audibly said, you are my son. And now here's the devil saying, are you really his son? He did it again. Verse 9. Look at verse 9. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God. Throw yourself down from here. The enemy of your soul will always try to get you to question what God has done in your life. He did it to Jesus. He will do it to you. If God has healed your body, okay, God really heal you. If God answered your prayer, did God really do that? Or maybe that was just your hard work. I mean, I know the word of God says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, but, but you know, devil, maybe, maybe so. Maybe it was me. Did, did, did God really? And that's what he'll do. 
he will cause you to question the very work that the Lord did in your life. Did he really forgive you? Boy, you did some bad stuff. Did he really save you? I don't know. To me, you seem pretty unforgivable. Did he really save you? (laughs) Really, because you aren't perfect yet. Remember what we talked about last week? How you've got to filter the lies of the devil through the truth of God's word. And this is where the devil tries to throw his lies. I told you how the enemy will try to pounce on your weak moments. Oh, but hear me. The enemy will also try to pounce on your victories. Oh, I should say that again. Yes, the enemy will try to pounce on your weak moments, but he will also try to pounce on your victories. Get you to question them. Get you to question God. Get you to question who you are in God's eyes. That is precisely what the devil did. He tried to get Jesus to question who he was in the eyes of his father. And if he will do that to the very son of God, trust me when I tell you, he will do that to you where we got to know okay the lord forgave me i'm not the person i used to be jonathan saying those words i am who he says i am it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about me doesn't matter what everybody says about me doesn't matter even what i say about myself what matters is what god thinks of me. So the very thing that God the Father stated is the very thing that the devil questioned. What are you questioning today? Your salvation? Your standing with God? Do you think with your life that there's this holy chalkboard with your name on it? And he wakes up one day and he says, nah, let's erase that. Don't like her. The next day, eh, okay, there's room. That's not how he is. You're his child. Don't ever question that. You're his son. You're his daughter. Don't question that. Don't let the devil place those doubts in your mind. Don't, don't question that. Statement number four. (laughs) The devil's temptations were all overcome by the word of God. All of them. Pastor, how do you know this? Check this out. Luke 4, 4. Look at Jesus' response to the first temptation. He says, it is written. Oh, let's just pause there for a moment. It is written. Jesus didn't say, yeah, well, here's my opinion on it. Jesus didn't say, well, here's what Pastor Phil says. Jesus didn't say, here's what my favorite TV preacher says, and I'm going to stand on the promises of Joel. No, that's not what God's, that's not what Jesus, I shouldn't have said that. that, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said this, it is written. 
man shall not live on bread alone. Look at verse 8. He did it again. It's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 12, same thing. It said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do you know that all three of those answers were quotes from the book of Deuteronomy? I like to tell people that Jesus was doing his devotions from the book of Deuteronomy while he was tempted of the devil. Maybe that's a little flippant, but Jesus was able, here's what Jesus did. He was able to quote the word of God to defeat temptation. That's, oh. I could tell you, let me tell you the heart of our Assembly of God leadership, National Assembly of God leadership, okay? There is a concern amongst the leadership in the Assemblies of God right now. And I will join that, although I'm not in leadership. I'm just some average dude. But there is concern that our culture is becoming biblically illiterate. We don't know what this book says. If I told you to turn to the book of Hezekiah, some of you would be fumbling around Obadiah, Amos. Where, where is he at? Where is he at? That's not a book in the Bible, by the way. It's been said that the average person only knows three Bible verses. And John 3.16 and Jesus wept are two of them. And we wonder why we, we fall to temptation. It's because we have not equipped ourselves with the most powerful weapon against temptation, and that is the Word of God. Jesus answered the devil, not with any fancy words, not with a fancy sermon. He just said, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. So when the enemy says, you know what? Here's the temptation. Why don't you cheat on your spouse? Well, I know that the Bible says that I shouldn't do that. But you'll be happy. I know what the Bible says. And so I will not do that. Well, maybe you should give in to this sin. I know what the Bible says. So I will not do that. I will not, I'm going to filter everything through the word of God. If it's truth, if it's healthy, it will come out as truth and it'll be, it'll come out as health. If it's unhealthy, if it's a lie, it just stays in the filter and it never comes out because the word of God will filter all of the devil's lies all the time. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Are you dealing with temptation today? Oh, pastor, the temptation's so strong. I'm not minimizing your temptation. In fact, let me just make a statement, okay? It wouldn't be temptation if you weren't tempted to do something that you would like to do. You think you're going to be tempted to do something that you don't want to do? It's not how it works. Not at all. I will never be tempted to play the steel guitar. Because steel guitars will not make the rapture. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hate those instruments. Anyway, I'm kidding. Now all the gospel people are going to send me nasty emails and link, YouTube links to the Gaithers. It's all good. I'm just joking. 
but I'm never going to be tempted to do something that does not seem appealing to me. And what was the devil trying to do with Jesus? He was trying to appeal to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And that's how the devil does it now. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I know what the word says. Well, you know what? You know what? Maybe we... Well, see, I'm starting to meddle now. This is dangerous. But it just makes more sense financially for us to live together instead of getting married. We'd be so happy. What's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? Do you... I don't know who this is for. Do you think that Jesus can't handle your finances if you do things your way? Do you th- See, the problem is you don't think Jesus is greater than a tax break. And that's why we have tons of people that are cohabiting right now. And if you think I'm talking to a bunch of 20-somethings, uh-uh. I'm talking to 70 and 80-year-olds that are doing this. I am. Do what God's word says. Pastor Phil, that makes me uncomfortable. Good. (laughs) Do it God's way. Do it God's way. Okay, I I gotta close this. All right. The last part of Jesus' 41 day journey. And it's a part that we sometimes forget. It's what I would call expectation. Expectation. (laughs) Look at verse 13. And I want you to read this carefully. When the devil had finished his tempting, he left him until the resurrection? Until the cross? Until Jesus' first sermon? forever he left jesus until an opportune time if you think that these are the only three times that jesus was tempted i've got news for you these are the three times that we have recorded but the devil was relentless And the enemy is relentless. Here's the last statement. The enemy is relentless and will look for another moment to derail us. I want you to get this in your mind. A lot of people think that when Jesus said, get away from me, Satan, and he quoted that verse, whew, all right. Now, Jesus had three years of not even being bothered by the devil. No. Do you think do you think that Jesus had to battle a little bit when the people wanted to make him the king? They wanted Jesus, the people wanted Jesus to take over Rome. They didn't want him crucified. They didn't want him to die on a cross. They wanted him to take over Caesar. And so they're already and how many of us if, and if you've 
if you've never had a lot of people affirm you, cheer for you, I can tell you that could be intoxicating. I've met people who preached that they were more addicted to preaching than they were to Jesus because they lived for the feedback. How tempting is it to have thousands of people say, I, we need you to be our king, Jesus. We need you to take over Rome. Let's do it. And, and Jesus, I'm going to go alone and pray. That's not why I came. See, not every temptation is going to have an illegal drug associated with it. A lot of it for us is going to be a matter of our attitude and our pride in our hearts. And the enemy will be relentless of your weaknesses and he'll be relentless of your successes. And just because Jesus won in Luke chapter 4 does not mean that the enemy did not make an appearance again. And the problem is, some of us, we, we win a victory with Jesus over the devil, and then what do we do? We drop our guard. It's like, whoo, all right. Wow, glad I don't ever have to go through that again. And that's just not the case. And again, he tried it with Christ. He left Jesus. But he said, I'll be back. That was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. But he will come back. But greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So you don't have to be afraid of temptation. You can overcome it. Even if it's relentless. And for, when I say relentless, for some of you, you have to wake up and you've got to crucify that thing then you crucify that. Some of us need to be a little bit more deliberate about fighting temptation. Some of us need to quit going to the gas station where the cute clerk gives us attention and we need to go to where the frumpy gal gives us our polar pop. How many of you know what I'm saying? Some of <laughs> frumpy gal, oh, Lord Almighty. <laughs> There's a lot to apologize for today. <laughs> Some of us, though, we need, we need to... We need to we need to watch where we go online. Maybe we just need to, maybe we need to delete some stuff on our computers and our devices. Maybe we need to quit entertaining some of these moments that can only lead to something bad. I don't know how you need to fight your fight. I know how I got to fight mine. But the devil will be relentless. And he will try to take advantage of your successes and your weak spots. You can overcome him with the word of God. Every time, every time, every time you can do this. Why was Jesus tempted? The author of Hebrews puts it this way in Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4.15, he says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We have one who has, I want you to read that. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Can I just pause there? He's been tempted in every way, just as we 
are. I want you to think of how you are tempted. He was tempted in every way, just as we are yet. He did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Don't you dare fight this battle by yourself. Don't you dare think that you can handle it on your own. You can't. You can't. I will tell you, every single person, you cannot handle it with the power, unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit with you. You have not been designed, hmm, you have not been designed to win supernatural battles through natural means. That's not how you're created. You were created to have an incredible dependence on Jesus. A 41-day journey. Which of these statements really rang a bell with you today? Maybe you thought that, in fact, you know that God loves you, but maybe you just assumed he loved you for all the wrong reasons. Or maybe you thought that his love was dependent on how well you did stuff. And maybe the most liberating thing that you can have happen to you today as you live out your journey with the Lord is to know that God loves you, not because of what you do, but because you are his child. Maybe you've been fighting some temptation and it's at a weak point in your life. Maybe the enemy of your soul has tried to cause you to question everything that God has done in your life so far. Maybe you've been battling this for decades. What does God's word have to say? God's word says that I am his child. God's word says that he's my refuge. God's word says that if I confess my sins... He's faithful and just forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. His word says that as far as the east is from the west, he has separated me from my sins. The Bible says that he is slow to anger, that he is rich in love. What's the Bible say? Not what you say, not what someone else says. What does the Bible say? And friend, don't drop your guard. You've got this, but you've got this with Jesus. Jesus went through this 41-day journey so that you could live out your everyday journey with him. Thank you, Jesus. Will you stand with me, please? Ralph, can you help me? Oh, there's so much here. I could have almost made this a five-part series. <laughs> Some of you are saying it felt like it. Um, <laughs> what's God saying to you? What is God saying to you? And, and, and maybe he's kind of messing with you a little bit. That's okay. We welcome that as followers of Jesus. We want that. Well, that... that, that stings a little bit yeah yeah swords sting and the word of god is a two-edged sword 
Sometimes God gets in there and says, okay, let's take care of this. That's what his word does. And Jesus cares way more about your character than he does your comfort level. Jesus wants to remind you that you're his. You're God's son. You're God's daughter. And his love for you is dependent on nothing else than his love and his relationship with you. And maybe you're fighting that battle of temptation. Today, will you cry out to Jesus? Say, Lord, I got to overcome this. It may be addiction. It may be something that nobody else knows about. May I tell you that the Holy Spirit is very much aware of what you're going through. And he wants to help you through it so that you can walk out of here with an everyday journey of successes and victory and overcoming everything that the enemy tries to throw at you. God is greater. So I want to give you a chance to respond to the Lord and just say, Lord, this is where I'm at. <laughs> and maybe, that, maybe that's a good spot to begin in your prayer. God, this is where I'm at. I need your help. I need you. And then just let it flow. Pour out your heart to the Lord. Let him touch you. Let him strengthen you. And you may not walk out of here having it all figured out. You don't need to. Just trust the Lord. He's got you for this everyday journey. I'm going to pray. When I say amen, please, if you need to find a place to pray, feel free to do that. If God's released you when I say amen, feel free to fellowship, but let's do it in the lobby so we don't disrupt anybody who might be praying in here, okay? Jesus, I ask you now in these next few moments that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. God, we looked at a lot of content today. God, your truth is so rich and your truth is so full. I pray, God, that we would grab on to the truth of your word. God, for some of us, we need to be reminded of your your real genuine love for us. God, for some of us, we got to fight this battle. We got to know what our weak spots are. God, we need to know what your word has to say about our situation. God, we need to know that the enemy is trying to come after us, but Lord, you are greater. Lord, whatever we need from you, give it to us. And God, to the one, to the one who questions where they stand with you, God, would you wrap your arms around them and remind them that they are your son and they are your daughter. So, Lord, meet with your people, I pray. And I'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. You can come to an altar. You can pray at your seat. When God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless.